Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. Today, we're talking about what does it look like to find silence in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts, in our relationship with God. What does it look like for us to create pockets of space within our schedules, but also to develop a lifestyle that is rid of the noise and has some focus to it and has some devotion to God in it. So let's jump into this conversation and see what Pastor Nate has to say about building silence into our lives. Hey, do you hear that? Silence. Silence. That was awkward. <laughs> Silence is becoming so awkward these days. Yeah. It's hard to handle sometimes. So hard to handle. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was kind of like a mashed up uh, news reporting kind of yeah, podcast, yeah. and there was a long silence, and I, I, it's like I started losing my mind. <laughs> I, I was like, is what is happening broken? right now? What's yeah, <laughs> something is wrong. But no, it was just a little extra silence. That's so funny. And in a news report, too, you feel like everything's so quick and fast to have any kind of space. Totally. It's just like, what? I happening? want you to basically give me a seizure <laughs> from the way this news Put report on two times is flowing. And just yeah. Bust it. <laughs> That's so true, though. Silence can be kind of a. I don't know, in our time right now can be kind of like an awkward thing, but I've actually, I feel like I've looked at your life, Nate, and I've seen you build in times of silence and rest and quiet. I've always really respected that because I feel like I look around at different leaders and people who are just hustling all the time, Hmm. always doing stuff, really trying to make things loud, I feel like, in their lives and really fast-paced. But you've always had this... I think sensitivity towards the silence and that's been like a really cool part of your life it seems like do you agree is that something that you try to to actually build into your life is this silence yeah totally I mean I I definitely wouldn't try to paint a picture of myself like I had I that I somehow like discovered the light you know and (laughs) you know, decided I'm going to craft my life in a different way. I Mm -hmm. think for me, it's been more of like necessity, you know, and and just easily feeling the crush of all the pressures and the noise. And through that process of realizing like, man, I can't really handle this by myself. I I really Mm -hmm. need the Lord to help me kind of going through that process, I really began to realize how much I needed the, those rhythms and that silence and that space, you know, in different ways. And, um, yeah, so I think it's just been a, a, an of necessity kind of thing in my life. Yeah. That's interesting. I was going to ask you what, if, if you thought that it was like really important for us to be people who build silence into our lives, but even you saying that, that's interesting that you actually felt like it was a necessity to have it be a part of your life. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think you were there, but uh, recently we had a staff chapel where mm-hmm. I was taking the people on staff through a list of possible spiritual disciplines. Yeah. And yeah. one of them 
that I mentioned was the spiritual discipline of silence. Mm. And it kind of caught everybody. You could tell, you know, people were like looked yeah. up like, what is that one? But, you know, just the like being quiet, the, the, the idea there was like just kind of sitting alone in a room and just having quiet, you know, right, and kind right, of pushing right. out the noise for a little while just to fixate your mind upon the Lord, upon his word. Mm. But, you know, I think what we're talking about is a life style that's mm. a little bit quieter. And, you know, I, I think for me, part of the reason that I really have gravitated towards this is because um, I really feel that one of the things that God wants to do through my life is he wants to use my mouth mm. to yeah. speak his word. But in order for me to successfully do that, I think that he wants to use my mind. Hmm. So before every, you know, sermon is mind work and is thought processes and thinking through the issues of life and the hmm. construct of man and, yeah. you know, God's word and how it interacts with us. And I just discovered that if I, if I was lazy with my mind, yeah. If I didn't work hard and vigilantly to keep a disciplined mind that is able to focus and think for long periods of time, yeah. if I didn't preserve that, then the mission that, that I felt that God was giving to me was not going to successfully unfold in my life. And that's mm. you know a nightmare to me. I want to yeah. be able to do what God right. has asked me to do. But I noticed that through, you know, notifications uh, and, yeah. um, you know, the constant battle with the, you know, ability to look anything up, you know, yeah, at, at yeah. a moment's notice, having mm -hmm. the, the internet in your pocket, you know, uh, being able to email somebody, you know, at the spur of a moment or text somebody, um, you know, all the different things that I could possibly check in on. Mm -hmm. What I discovered is that if I'm undisciplined there then my mind begins to lose its ability to focus yeah and so i think for me it was partly just my own like personal peace and rest mm. and just knowing what it felt like to be sitting there on a saturday afternoon and just unable to just chill because yeah. my mind was just racing so it's partly that but it was partly also man, I want to be used by God. And I mm -hmm. think that if I'm flitting about and drawn to this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing, yeah. and I'm a mile wide, but an inch deep, mm. I won't be able to be the man that God has wow. asked me to be and to be able to do the things that God has asked me to do. So, you know, I, I think a lot of life is like this, you yeah. know, is are the 10,000 followers that you have on Twitter <clears throat> going to be, you know, as life change impacted by that tweet that you sent that hit 10,000 people or the one person mm -hmm. that you met with for an hour that, you know, you were really able to right. speak into their lives and encourage them? Probably mm -hmm. when it comes to the carbon footprint or the impact that you're going to make on the earth, 
probably it's going to be felt a lot more in that one person than in the 10,000 who are reading that, you know, one, you know, thought or whatever. And then all of the interactions that come in after that. And I realize that, you know, some people like you were pointing out, you know, there's definitely pastors and leaders out there and Christians out there, human beings out there who are just more adept at that kind of, you know, just a billion streams of information uh, kind of life. I'm just not one of them. You know, so for me, I've just always kind of been more of a of a proponent of the simpler life, mm, smaller yeah. streams of information, a little more regulated, less, um, you know, just like worldwide connectivity and realizing that I'd rather go deeper in fewer channels and with fewer people yeah. than you know, be in a broad amount of channels or with a broad touch of human interaction, Mm. but rarely experience the deeper, you know, kind of um, exchange. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's really good. There's a lot there I like to ask you about. I'd love to kind of ask you about technology as one thing and about your daily life. But it seems like what you're kind of getting at, which is really cool, is not necessarily just isolating yourself for the sake of being quiet, but really building in like this mentality of focus and intentionality with your life. Yeah, totally. And so being not, not being silent in the way of thinking that it's like bad to talk too much or to listen to things, but just be focused and to have some purpose with what you're doing in life, making sure that it counts and everything. I think that's so helpful. So maybe kind of going like on more of a practical level, I would like to ask you about just like your day-to-day kind of stuff, things mm-hmm. you think about. Sure, sure. That's kind of helpful for, for us, I think, as we're talking about this. So maybe we can kind of start with your day a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've heard you talk about your quiet times in the morning. And even aside from that, things like going on runs by yourself, just kind of getting out into the wild a little mm-hmm. bit. What what for you, like on a daily basis or like on a weekly basis, does it look like for you to physically get into a posture of silence and focus? Yeah. Well, you mentioned the daily things. So for me, um, I, it starts with the beginning of, of every day. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk about that kind of routine for me. but Yeah, it'd be cool to kind of hear what, what, what works for you. Sure, yeah. So I um, get up early um and make a cup of coffee i make some for christina put it in a thermos for her and um and then this like immediately the fight is on (laughs) yeah right because totally you know i i have my phone like locked down you know (laughs) my phone um is a utilitarian device you know there's no internet browser on it yeah Yeah, yeah. and i don't have any social media apps Mm. on it so it's all designed to be like restorative like a helpful well it's a phone (laughs) plus things that i feel help me with life you know so i have audible or a podcasting app or um you know, a couple different church apps that I, mm. you know, of churches that I like and want to listen to their teachings and sermons. Uh, my camera, you know, yeah, is yeah. on there. Um, and then some different organizational tools, you know, Evernote, Task List kind of 
uh, software, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, even then, even though it, there's not much that I can really like distract myself with on that device, even though that's the reality, there still is right away when I wake up, there is that battle with mm -hmm. the flesh. And I know full well that the second I go plop in front of a computer or I start to get online and look at the news or, you know, I'm a sports guy, you know, yeah, look at yeah. sports or social media. The second that I go there, my mind is going to have such a more difficult time mm -hmm. focusing in on God and his word and in prayer. So mm -hmm. the battle begins right at that moment. So, you know, what I try to do is to avoid all of that and to immediately, you know, after making some coffee, sit down with my open Bible, mm -hmm. you know, usually read a Psalm more quickly in a, in a prayerful kind of posture and way, and then uh, read through the Old or New Testament, wherever I'm mm -hmm. at, and, you know, take different notes and, you know, I write them down in my little journal. Here it is right here. This isn't going to help anybody as I'm showing it to you. It looks great, though. <laughs> it's just a, just a big piece of cardstock that I keep inside my Bible and just write, you know, different notes. Anything that I think of that's like, man, i got to remember this later, mm -hmm. I'll write it down in that, and I'll process that at a, at a separate time. So I'm trying to really defend that time of reading God's Word and then being in prayer for a little mm -hmm. while. Uh, right away to start out uh, the day. And then, you know, after that, um, I will turn on my computer for work. And um, one of the first things that I, that I aim to do is to open up a little app that I have or a program that I have called Freedom and enter in like four hours and click enter and when i click enter what that does is it shuts down the internet on wow, my for computer for that period of time oh, wow. yeah. so um you know i know a lot of people like to do work or they need the internet for their right. work um so they like to work on the internet or or they need it for their work and and i realized that being online can be helpful for the kind of stuff i do writing mm -hmm. and studying but i've just figured that uh there's a, you know, it's like anything, like people will say like, Facebook is so good because it helps me keep in touch with my right. family or mm -hmm. my friends. But it's the, it's the myth of if there is anything good that comes from it, mm -hmm. then I'll disregard all the negative that might come from it also. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's always good to you know, balance and, and to think about stuff like that. Like, well, yeah, maybe you'll be able to keep in touch with friends and family, but you'll also be keeping in touch with maybe thousands of people that you barely know. Yeah. Is that really good? Is that mm -hmm. really helpful to you? Um, studies are showing that people generally walk away from Facebook feeling a little more blue yeah, than true. up, you know, about life. Yeah. So is that really good? Is it really helping you? So, I mean, you have to think through all those things. So for yeah. me, with the internet during my work study writing kind of hours i've realized yeah there are certain times where it'd be nice to be able to go research something yeah. online but that's the one little upside compared to like a billion downsides so i just have all my resources offline mm -hmm. and uh, go to work in that way so that's my yeah. like morning I know, that's great time. that's super helpful i feel like i've gone through different seasons personally where 
I'll, I'll try to wake up early in the morning to just have that quiet in my life. But sometimes, like you said, like the fight is on right when you wake right up. Right away. And sometimes I'll, pr- I'll pull out my phone to listen to some quiet music or something like that before I start reading. Like my eyes are all tired. I'm trying to make coffee and all that stuff. But then like just I get like distracted so easily just because I have this little device so close, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's a really cool way of looking at it, though. I, I like how you even kind of view your phone. I know this isn't a podcast just about your phones, but how important it is to make sure that you take away those voices and those things that are just competing for your attention like yeah. we've been talking about yeah, for a little while. I think it's fair to to really talk about and think about the the phone because yeah. you know over the last obviously 10 years they've become a really significant part of they our really lives yeah. and I think that we've embraced a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, without really asking the questions is this this is cool and yeah. this is amazing that right. what this device can do but is it helpful yeah. you know is that really you know in the long run going to end up being good for me. I yeah. saw the other day that Google was updating their their um, Android uh, system, yeah. you know, right. and they, yep. they had this thing where <clears throat> it was showing how you're, they, you'd be able to take your phone and point the camera at like a restaurant right. or a coffee shop and you could point it and it would immediately like give you feedback and reviews on like how what the food is like, right. how good it is, you know, stuff, stuff like right? that. And I was just looking at that and I was thinking, okay, so I have to actually be there like in front of this restaurant. <laughs> so the trade-off that's going to happen yeah. here is that I'm going to stop talking to human beings. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I could literally be asking someone who's coming out of that coffee shop, what's this place like? I could wow. be talking to human beings on the street about that restaurant and, you know, I mean, obviously it's not a big deal to look up, you know, reviews and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, you know, I don't think that that's really a trade-off that I'm all that uh, interested yeah. in making. And besides the fact I haven't really had gr- the greatest of luck with <laughs> online reviews anyways. Like, what? This place was supposed so to be good. Yeah. yeah. Or like, this place is like three stars, but it's incredible. Yeah, it's my yeah. favorite. So. You know, look around at the general public and ask yourself, do I trust their consensus? Mm. That's good, though, man, just to kind of keep in check where we're getting information from and even like how our brains are just like even processing all of that. Yeah. And thinking about how we're living. Like, is that making our lives more full or more like full of anxiety (laughs) or Is it making it more quiet yeah. and peaceful? And, you know, I think I, I think that this is one of those areas like so many, and, and we've talked about this before here in the studio, but it's one of those areas where grace mm. and um, versus legalism can yeah. kind of be on full display. You know, because I think, I think grace helps us say we're we're all very different from each other. You right. know, there's some, some commonalities, some tendencies that are common to man, but you know, we're different. So we have to go to the Lord mm-hmm. as our own master and say, you know, for, for me, you know, what do you have for me? And legalism wants to put everybody in the same box, you right. know, and say like, well, you know, everybody has to act like this with their phone, you know, yeah. or something like that. And obviously mm-hmm. there's certain things that are sin, you know, yeah, that, you know, you just can't, 
nobody yeah. who is a believer is, is allowed to get into. But so I think this is a great area for grace, you know, to happen. Yeah. But then also just grace because I think it's an area where a lot of times we struggle and we fail, yeah. you know, we can kind of feel that failure, you know, of like, man, I meant to, I really wanted to be focused, but mm-hmm. I was so distracted, you know, with this yeah. device and wasn't able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So it's really important to, you know, I think not get swallowed up by a constant feeling of failure oh, yeah. and, oh. you know, just, man, I, I wasn't able to, you know, get everything done that I wanted to get done. I'm notorious for starting a day with a plan to accomplish <laughs> things that are like impossible to accomplish, you know, like if you they just stacked up yeah. all the minutes that would be required to do all these things that you're saying you're yeah. going to do, that's not possible. You could not do all those things. There's no, it's not even that there's no margin for error. It's that even if everything went perfectly, there's yeah. not enough time to That's actually so execute yeah. all this stuff, you know. So I've had to work through like really thinking more about how much really can I get done yeah. with this day that's in front of me? What is mm. reasonable? And, you know, I'm not going to be able to record four studio messages. I'm not yeah. and also prepare a teaching and write a 2000 word wow, essay yeah. and conduct, you know, three meetings like there's just it's not possible to do all these things so you know as you you know embrace a little bit more of just god's grace and his rhythm for your life i think it 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 helps us yeah that is so true (laughs) kind of going back to the phone thing for a second you know i've felt like i've put like a legalistic kind of view on my phone use a little bit sometimes and fallen into what you're talking about like the i can't believe i spent this much time on my phone or on my laptop like i'll get to the end of the day and i'll have to use like a charger for my phone because like I'm oh like, you I'm feel already, like I'm such a failure the battery, you know i'm like i have to use the charger again today dang it what is my problem yeah, well, i am a millennial yeah i know exactly i think you're right man there's just like there's grace there and there's a lot of with new technology and trying to build in silence into our lives there is grace and just trying to figure out what are the boundaries what are what are the limits and things like that? So I'm glad you said that there that there is some grace in there. So that's kind of some stuff about technology and your day. I'd love to talk to you about just the way that you pursue quietness, um, like outside of the office, outside of your home, and uh, talk to you about like your runs and things like that, and like why that's important for you and your heart. So so why do you try to get out for? a while like out into the outside kind of realm and what does that do for your heart why is that important for you yeah so i think that being outside is really good for a lot of different reasons one is it when you're inside you're you're in something that man has made obviously mm-hmm. god gave us all the materials and yeah. we put them together and we fashion them and he's asked us to have dominion you know on the earth so the technologies we make and the buildings we create like cool we're doing right, what god right. has made us to do but it's really neat to get outside where there is no ceiling and you're looking up into God's creation. And just to be reminded, I think it's mm-hmm. good. It helps foster, I think, humility. You realize your smallness. You realize that God is 
you know, outside of time and space mm-hmm. and that after you're dead and gone and you dissolve and you become, you know, d- the dust of the earth once mm-hmm. again, God will still be, you know, moving and working and alive. So I think that's helpful. Yeah. I also think that, uh, you know, for me, at least, it's been really nice to be able to have a chance to prayerfully process my life mm. and the different things that are going on, seeking God for direction and yeah. allowing him a quiet space to be able to talk to my heart by mm. his spirit. So I think, you know, getting outside and running, you know, it's been good for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also more than just that, I th- you know, uh, the exercise, you know, component of it, just just being away from the technology yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. away from, you know, the responsibilities and just having a chance to process things I think is good. But then also I, l- I like to get out there and bring the technology with me and listen mm-hmm. to a book or yeah. a teaching. Um, but I like to try to be as intentional as I can yeah, with that. That's good. Um, I, when I have my, uh, when I sit down and just kind of each week I'll, process like you know just emails and calendar and you know stuff like that and when i do that one question that i have repeat repeated so on my task list it'll ask this question every week is um and it'll ask the question what book do you want to listen to this week Mm. or what podcasts do you want to listen to this week and you know because i feel like there's a time and place for just um more mindless, you know, kind of content that's just entertaining or, you know, a good book that's just fun to be able to read. And then there's a time and space for, I need to work through this material because it's going to help me Mm. grow. It's going to help my leadership or our church or something theological that's going to grow me. Um, So I try to ask that kind of question so that I can avoid as much as possible the pulling out my phone and going, what am I? What am I going to listen yeah. to right now? But to have a little bit more of a plan. No, here's like five or six things that I'm kind of I'm working mm-hmm. through. You know, so what is this time for? Is this a time where I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to really pro- work through something more substantive, or is this a time where I'm going to be, you know, working out or cutting the grass and I just need to like chill and just <laughs> yeah. let my mind kind of relax right. and the answer to those questions helps me figure out what I'm going to listen to, you know, right then Mm -hmm. at that moment. I think part of the reason that I started being more intentional about stuff like that was for years I'd get in the car and I'd just turn on the radio and whatever was on, you know, I would just kind of listen to that. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, Rage Against the Machine was the big band, you know, oh, yeah. and it was like Not the quietest band. They, yeah. But they were always so like anti, you know, like, oh, yeah. you're going to do what they told you, right, you know, like. Right. And so uh, there's a little bit of that, like inside me of like, no, I'm not going to listen to what the man is pumping out. You know, I'm going to go to the Lord and say, what do you want yeah. me to receive and listen to? You know, so I try to think about that a little bit. That's good. More, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a pastor be edified by Rage Against the Machine. Man. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so God good. God redeemed it. I'm going to use that one. There, I'm going to yeah. use that one. That's really cool, though. I mean, obviously a lot of good stuff there. I remember you telling me when I first started teaching the college ministry here at Calvary, 
that it'd be important for me to be able to read the scripture that I was going to teach, but that wasn't so important to always stay just focusing on your computer and reading as much as it was like doing all that, obviously you need to study and pour your mind and heart into this, the text you're going to teach, but to be able to get out and to talk to the Lord, let him have some space to speak into your life. And totally, I've kind of, I've heard you talk about being intentional with your podcasts and music as well. And I've tried to do that too, like listening to certain sermons that I know are going to speak into something I'm about to go through or do or a decision I'm going to make and how helpful that is to eliminate some of the other noise Mm -hmm. so I can really focus and have God, I give some space for God to really move my life. I know on the other side of it, how, man, just how my mind could just be so frantic when I'm trying to make so many decisions about different little things I want to consume or partake in and how it's just kind of draining too. Yeah. So how, how great to be able to be intentional and receive some life from that mm-hmm. too. There's like a real health in that silence and, and getting away from the, the distractions. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean the, so the cool. Christian life, it can't be lived without patience yeah. and endurance mm-hmm. and long suffering the Bible, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, it's a, it's a long book yes, yeah. and very linear. There's lots of thoughts that you have to connect, you know, from yeah. Genesis to Revelation. And, you know, it, it takes, you know, thought. And then yeah. to like do what you're talking about, you know, actually teaching the Bible or ministering to somebody, it just takes, you know, time to yeah. think about it. I remember learning that from our previous pastor, Roger Scalise. He would, on Sunday afternoon, he'd start studying for the next Sunday. Oh, wow. And it was very light what he would do. He would just yeah. open up his Bible. He'd start pouring over that passage and mm. just thinking about, oh, here's some of the main themes that are going to come right. in the next text that I'm teaching. But what that allowed him to do was to redeem a lot of just the walking around time of life you know yeah. to think about like oh you That's know i just so had true. this little conversation so and true. this next week i'm going to be teaching a passage that deals with that very thing and to be able to bring that into the the way that you teach people i, th- I think that at least now we're talking about bible teaching but i think that the less space you have from the mm-hmm. time that you're done preparing to the time that you have to teach the more inhuman the teaching is going to be. But the more time that you have, the gap in between the time that you began studying or the time that you finished studying and the time that you actually teach, the more human the teaching you know, will have a chance yeah. of, of being. I always try to get done teaching, uh, studying for a Sunday teaching on Thursday, mm-hmm. if I can help it. Because it kind of gives me that time, you know, as I'm doing the things you're right you know outing me about you know running and <laughs> yeah. you know hiking and you know stuff like that it gives me a chance to during that time you know kind of think about it yeah that's good and that's i mean that applies for bible teachers but i can see that applying for other teachers for students for people who are working to be able to just be people who kind of jump on it right after you finish something a little bit and to uh yeah, just be intentional with your time. I feel like that's kind of like the recurring theme with this being quiet and building in silence is just being intentional mm-hmm. and focused. So mm-hmm. what a great um, word for that. I think that's awesome. 
Nate, maybe we could just ask one more question to kind of wrap up this conversation. But I know for, for people who are listening to this and for me included, I know we're all at different stages in our lives. Some of us are students with maybe a little bit more time on our hands. Maybe some of us are single parents with a lot less time on our hands. And in trying to pursue silence, it seems like there's some common factors in all of it for for everyone, I think, who's living the Christian life. But maybe for somebody who's living a more busy style kind of life, maybe out of necessity even, like a single parent or something like that, do you have kind of any encouraging words towards that person in pursuing silence and maybe how to do it or what to be thinking about? How does God see that in their lives? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this world is just, it's so broken, you yeah. know? And so mm-hmm. part of that brokenness means that this is really hard yeah. to come by, you know? And I know so many people that it's not even that they've chosen a frenetic pace. It's the frenetic right. pace has chosen them, totally. you know? And it's the workday is has spiraled out of control the job is just nuts the Mm -hmm. commitments are nuts and it feels like to me it feels like every human institution um we we don't know how to do anything simply we make everything so stinking complex Mm -hmm. i mean seriously every class that i sign my children up for i think that the people leading that class like they they will create a level of complexity that is just so off the charts you know it's just it's just like innate within us you know so it's really easy for us to get really kind of overrun with life so god knows you know god knows that you know so i think on one hand just receive his grace a little bit over it you know but then on the flip side uh, the word that I would give is the word violence. You know, um, the kingdom, it's hard to enter into without a little bit of violence. Mm. And what I mean is that as crazy as your life might become and as busy as things might be and as overrun as you might feel, this is a God who created Sabbath mm. and created rhythms and a you know work week uh, a um, you know a, a seven day week he created the seasons he created sleep he made it so that our bodies had to humble themselves every day in order to get recharged physically so God you know he's the one that authored us in that way so you might have to with a little bit of violence um, take back your life Mm -hmm. and you know it might mean that it's you know in order for me to sabbath i have to you know do drastic things like regularly every week turn off the (laughs) wi-fi you know in my house or you know take my tv for a month or two or more and lock it up in the garage or you know get rid of my cable or you know, something like that. Because, I mean, if we're being honest about it, as much as we might feel that we're very overrun, the statistics about how much time people spend in front of a screen for leisure 
it's just astronomical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want some Sabbath back, for the most part, a lot of us can get it back just by violently attacking that screen time. Um, You know, and you know me, I'm not a like the television is a bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of person. Um, But if it has, if you're looking for, you know, some of that space again, it might take a little bit of violence. It might take a little bit of violence to set the alarm clock early in the morning and just say, you know what, Um, during the week, I might get a little less sleep than is ideal. Maybe I'll catch up a little bit on the weekend, but I need Jesus, I need that time. I need to be with the Lord. It might take some violence to redeem a lunch break and spend time with the Lord rather than, you know, just meandering about Instagram for 40 minutes. Uh, It might take violence to say, I must go for a walk this afternoon and, you know, listen to a teaching that's going to redeem and and edify and encourage me rather than just getting sucked into the vortex of the daily news Mm. cycle. It might take a little bit of violence to do that. It might take violence to say, you know, I might have 70 notifications and comments, you know, waiting for me on my favorite, you know, social media platform. But man, I, before I go there, I've got to read a book. I've got to just think about it. It might take some violence, you know, to do that. It might take violence to turn off, like power down your cell phone and not just put it on mute um, and to leave it in your backpack and go on a walk with the Lord or, you know, something like that. It might take violence, you know, to do those kinds of things. But I think that, I mean, that's why I called the article the bloody fight for quiet, you know, because it it is like a little bit of a battle, you know, to, to really get there. Obviously, you know, there are people out there with real actual fights that they're, you know, waging in our modern time. But, you know, I just want to encourage people, hey, look, you know, if you want that, then by God's grace and with his spirit, you know, fight for it. It's so worth fighting for, I think. You know, you're, you, you only have one life to live, and I don't think a lot of the things that we get caught up in, I don't think we're going to, at the end of our lives, wish we'd had more time you know, online or doing some of these things that kind of suck us dry. I think we're going to wish that we had been, you know, with people, that we've been in the Word, that we've been in prayer. So let's battle for it. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.